and we are live. Ah. <sighs> Episode Zero. I think we're going to call this Jamie Buckley Unleashed the Podcast No One Asked For. <laughs> uh, our first... <clears throat> sorry, it's like 4 o'clock in the morning. And it's the only time that I can um, sneak away and have the house quiet enough that I can actually do a podcast. Uh, welcome to Life of Fiction. Good morning, my friend. I hope that you are well today. Um, this is your host, Jamie Buckley, and this is probably going to be the hardest podcast I've ever done. A lot has gone on and um, over the past year, and I've actually taken down all my other podcasts, canceled them, canceled my hosting accounts, um, all because I wanted to do it this way. I want to be me, um, which is kind of a, it's kind of a frightening concept, actually. <laughs> I, I promised myself that I would, well, we'll get into that. The purpose and the goal today is to give you a little bit of background on myself. And I'm really excited because I want to introduce you to one of the greatest fictional events that I participate in each and every year. Um, and before we, before we begin all this, I need to keep my word on something. I need to give a shout out to Marco over at Fiverr.com. And if you don't use the, um, services over at Fiverr, it's great. I made a living there for about four years and there's an, an insane amount of creativity and talent that if you need a service that you can go there, you can purchase them at reasonable prices. And if you uh, have wonderful talent, there's a place that you can go and make a little extra money. It's nice. But Marco over at Fiverr, he is the one that um, I purchased a gig for the intro and outro of this podcast, which I love. Um, he did a little... Um, I gave him the feeling of... It needs to be as if we're about ready to start a conversation or a, a, a story, actually. Um, and I told him that I would. I was so delighted I would tell people about him. And so I'm going to leave the link to his gig. If you're looking for an intro or outro to a podcast, then I suggest you go see Marco. And I'd also like to invite you to join our community and gauge engage. See, this is going to be quite the interesting experience because I want to do this podcast long form and do little to no editing at all. <laughs> and it's very difficult to do things well the first time when it's four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but I want to invite you to join our community and engage with us on these topics over at lifeoffiction.com. Uh, okay, introduction is over with. So, who am I? Mm, I have a problem with that, answering that question. Because as a listener, I'd be thinking, who the flip cares? <laughs> That's kind of the struggle that I've had over the past year. Um, broke my mind and 
June of last year. We'll get into that. Uh, what should you know about me? Uh, and what would you care about? Well, let's see. Um, I've, you've probably never heard of me, uh, or it's, it's highly unlikely. I have been a professional uh, cartoonist since the mid-1980s, um, a professional uh, freelancer. I am a husband, uh, adore my wife, a father of 13, uh, all boys but nine, so you know. Um, and uh, let's see, at the the recording of this podcast, I'm 54 years old, I'm still drawing, and I've been writing fiction since, well, most of my life. But I started publishing my own stories back in 2004. Um, I, I used to collect comic books, and I went to pick up some comic books at the, at the local store. I had a cubby there, had, you know, a couple dozen regular titles that I would buy. And I went in with my little boy, who was somewhere between two and three, my oldest son. And I remember going and, and getting those comic books and going through them. And if you've been to comic book stores, at least how they used to be, they're really set up to grab your attention at every turn, no matter, no matter where you're looking in the store. It is to entice you with the cover art of any, you know, uh, comic book or graphic novel or magazine. And usually at the front desks where you go and you pay for things, they have, you know, the counter displays. And I remember looking through the comic books and then looking down at my son to see where he is. And he's by my side and he's opening a Conan the Barbarian, you know, magazine, black and white magazine. And I remember him opening it up and there was a, a you know, frontal, frontal nudity of a, of a cartoon woman, and I just remember being really disturbed by that. It had never bothered me before, but all of a sudden the father came out in me, and that just got to me. And so I, I gently took that magazine from him and put it back in there, and I slid the comic books back over to the, the owner of the shop, and I said, close down my account. I'm done. And I grabbed my son, and I walked out. I don't know. I still I don't really think about it much. Um... I, I don't know what came over me other than what my son was experiencing, you know, his brain without any filters like a grown-up has. That bothered me. What was going to be put into his brain mattered to me. And I wanted better stories, better visuals, better everything to go into my child and give them a... Well, a fighting chance against the absolute craziness and crap in society. Even back then, and this is this is 30 years ago. And so I thought about it. I mean, I was a cartoonist. I was too, I was too much of a chicken to, to contact uh, Marvel or DC or Image, uh, the three big ones at that time. Um, and I didn't bother with any of the independent... Um, publishers. And so I realized I, I, I want to make my own comic books. I want to make the stories that my children, you know, that they enjoy. Things tell them stories of, you know, heroes and heroines and, 
and give them adventures and help them to discover themselves without encroaching upon, you know, their own personality. Let them figure that out themselves. But to give them really good quality entertainment. And I brought that uh, that idea up to my father one day, and I remember, um, <laughs> I remember him saying, you know, there's this crazy, there's this, uh, um, this, uh, oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, this crazy fad that's going on right now. It's called the internet. <laughs> he says, you might want to try, you know, putting it on that internet thing. You know, you, you, cause then you could have direct access to people, you know, all over the world. Wouldn't that be amazing? I thought about it and, and the internet was, was young back in 2004. And I thought oh, that, that actually is a really good idea. And so that's, that's what I did. I started, um, taking a story about a young man named Wendell and um, the universe or the whole concept of these stories that I was telling was wrapped up in the title of Wanted Hero Like a Wanted poster. And uh, I took that and and made uh, traditional comic books and found out a way how to put them into, at that time it was so so advanced, a, a PDF, you know, we use it so commonly today, um, but I would take the, the traditionally made comic book, scan it in on a, a regular flatbed scanner, I would put, do it in pieces, and then I'd, I'd you know, mesh them together, um, glue them together on my desktop computer using Photoshop, and I would use Photoshop to put in the, the, uh, the script, and I would make a PDF, and I would sell the PDF for 97 cents each, and believe it or not, um, I sold a lot of them, uh, it was actually kind of crazy, um, and at one point, by the end of the first year, um, I tell this often, but there, it was like, like three quarters of, like 750,000 visitors to this website, and the funny thing about the website is uh well I think I'm getting I think I'm getting off here but um off course but I am kind of the king of uh, of tangents anyway um I just had a lot of traffic I had um 750,000 people from 60 countries come to my website a website that I wasn't willing to pay you know over 10 grand for because someone knew how to do HTML, and I says, I'll just do it myself. I, I got laughed at. And I asked, well, do, are, are there library books that teach HTML? Well, yeah. I said, fine, get out, of, get out of my house. I'll, I'll do it myself. And I did. And uh, I've built a lot of websites since then, but I, I learned how to do that so that I could have direct access to youth and to give them my comic books. And for a while there, it, it went crazy. And I, to this day, I, I really don't know how it happened, why it happened. Um, but I will say that I was very grateful for the experience and the stories that I'm telling today are still from that. Those are still the story stories that I have wanted to tell. And so I'm a cartoonist guy. Um, a car accident took my 
my uh, ability to draw away for a time. And during that time, uh, my wife and my oldest daughter um, convinced me to take the comic book stories and make them into novels. And so I did that. And that was a fantastic experience. And that's kind of where I am today. It's there's a lot of things that happen in between, and we'll we'll discuss them over time. But uh, I think the things that you would want to care about is is I am a cartoonist, I am a writer, um, I'm an indie author. I've published my own stuff since 2004. Um, I made a living because I learned how to do so many things. I I started making a living, and still to this day, helps me make a living um, by helping other people because I learned the ins and outs of how to put together a book, and I don't do any marketing or anything like that. I just help them make the product, and I draw for a lot of people. I draw for some famous people, and mostly mostly not so famous people, um, but kind clients, and I really enjoy it. Um, it's funny, one of my clients, uh, I think it was a year ago, um, is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and there was a meeting that that we had, we had a Zoom call, and I got to meet him for the first time on this Zoom call. Um, by the way, if you ever wonder if Micro is the same in private as he is, that you see him on the TV shows or hear him in the interviews, he's exactly the same. I, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure to, to meet him and to talk with him for a couple hours, and, um, and we laughed, he had a lot of questions. And at one point he looked at me and he says, you know, you have a lot of stories, and I said, yeah, you have no idea. At one point, um, he asked me if if I wanted to be on his podcast show. And that hasn't happened. I don't. I don't think that there's a need to have me on the show. But I said, "Yeah, I love podcasts." And I told him about one that my son and I have done on and off for years. And it's called "Life Is Like Fiction" instead of "Life of Fiction." This podcast. And I told him we <laughs> we kind of call it. Uh, the podcast that if you know us, please don't listen <laughs> because we just don't have a filter. We don't try to be rude. It's just we, we, we have a conversation and we are ourselves and, uh, and Mike kind of scratched its forehead and said, so can I be on your podcast? <laughs> I said, I, I think my son would like that very much. Anyway, it's a fun story. It hasn't happened. Um, and I hope that it will at some time, um, but you never know. Maybe this podcast will get to the point that it's popular enough and there's enough people there that maybe we can entice Micro to, to be on. I know that he, one of his complaints on his podcast is they don't let him swear. They bleep him out. <laughs> and sometimes he just wants to say what he wants to say. Now, he's not a rude man. He's really not. Um, he's funny. He's smart. He's very gracious. And very kind people, and I like that. And he's a he's a deep thinker. Um, so that's pretty much about me. I'm I'm still writing fiction. I started this lifeoffiction.com uh, substack, where I am taking the stories um, that I started back um, in 2004 and rewriting everything. Why am I rewriting everything? Because in 
2022, last year, on June 1st, I broke. I don't know how to describe it any other way. Um, For some reason, I had never really paid much attention to people and their negative opinions. And I had one individual come into my life, and for some strange reason, I believed everything he had to say to such a degree that when he told me that I could not write, after all the novels that I've written and were selling, maybe not the way that I wanted them to, um, okay, definitely not the way that I wanted them to, but they were selling, and I had and I had good reviews, and I'd done comic books. Those comic books, by the way, only 13 of them, um... There's like, there's, at this particular point, there's got to be well over a million downloads since 2004. That's not failure, um, depending upon what your goals are. But I just wanted the story out there for kids to be entertained. A million downloads, that's, that's not too bad. But for some reason, I believed this individual. And, you know... The last straw that breaks the camel's back. Oh, it didn't break my back. It broke my mind. Uh, And maybe every doubtful thing that I had stored up in my brain um, all hit me at once. And it crippled me. And I haven't written for a whole year. Um, I've done a little bit of drawing. Not much of that either. Um... I don't know why it affected me so badly. Um, But it did. And it fractured my belief system. It, um, it's taken me a whole year to put myself back together again with a lot of help from family and friends. And I had to realize, wait a minute, okay, I'm not a New York Times best-selling author. I don't ever expect to be. Um, am I the best writer out there? Of course not. Am I horrible? I don't know. Maybe some people think that. Um, I'm I'm not too sure. But I I I do know that um, I do know that I have a story to tell, and I do know that I don't suck. How's that? Uh, that's the reality of, of just looking at myself plainly and honestly. I don't suck. There's two questions I used to ask people. Um, I have, a, I have a, a friend of mine who is the principal of a private school. Man, I highly respect. Um, and his boys, I think two of his boys were reading my books at the time anyway. And we were talking, and he said that he found some errors, some grammatical errors. And I said, okay. And he says, you know, have you had them edited? I said, I I have. I've done some myself. I've paid editors. But for some reason, no matter who I pay, there's always still stuff there, things that are missed. And he said, you know, one um, one of my hobbies is I like editing. Okay, um, I uh, the thought of something like that just kind of terrifies me, or I just go, uh, 
all right. Anyway, so he said, would you, would you mind if I, if I helped you with that? I was like, I would be very grateful. And so I gave him some older copies of the novels that still had the same, um, same contents. I said, go ahead and mark them up, you know, any way you want. So I handed him the books. I think it was like a month or so later. He hands them back. They're all marked up with, with, you know, red pen. He says, you know, you had errors on almost every other page. I was like, ouch. Okay. Um, can I ask you two questions? He said, sure. I said, my first question is, even though there were these errors, whether it's spelling or grammatical, whatever, um, Oh, how did I, how did I phrase it? I said, were you able to read through the book without being pulled out of the story with those errors? And he said, yes. And I said, okay. My second question is, did you like the story? And he said, oh, absolutely. It's great. I loved it. I said, okay, then nope, I'm not worried about it. Because here's the thing. I what what someone puts out, especially when you're an indie author, and maybe this is an excuse. Maybe this is a bad thing for me to say. Guess what? I'm going to say it anyway. You're going to create something the best you possibly can. It's not going to be perfect. But the thing that I would be concerned about is if readers are being pulled out because my mistakes are so bad that they can't read the story, well, then what good is the story, Right? So he, he was not being pulled out of the story for that. Now, some people, I've had people tell me that it did. Um, I'm not one of those people. I have found errors in books from from the big publishers, from New York. I find things. Now, I find things because they jump out at me. But that it didn't stop me from enjoying the book. So those were the most important things. If it stopped a reader from reading a book, that would bother me. I would... I would stop and and do that. Anyway, long story short with that is is um now I pay more particular attention and now that I'm starting over because after I my mind broke, I uh, in like I think it was like 72 hours, I had unpublished every single book. Everything that I had published, I I pulled it down from the internet. And you can't find my books anywhere. Because I just, I wanted to rewrite them. I just thought, well, if I'm a bad writer listening to this person, um, well, then maybe they shouldn't be out there. I shouldn't be inflicting myself upon other people. Now, just so you know, I've had so much feedback on where are your books? Why did you do that? Um, I can't find these things far more positive than negative, but I was just in a horrible place. And I came to a realization that, you know what, I'm a storyteller. Good, bad, you know. You guys, you have the ability to turn off this podcast right now, because I am just going blah, and um, being honest and open. That's That's what I want to do right now. Um, and to share this with you, and to be vulnerable. Because I think that's one of the problems that I had in my writing. Um, 
and writing the books, writing articles and everything, I I got to the point where I was far more concerned about trying to write what I thought people wanted to hear instead of the stories themselves. And that's, to me, I've come to a place where I think that's dishonest. I think that's wrong of me to try to figure out what you want to hear rather than me writing a book from my heart and soul and giving it to you as an offering. And you either like it or you don't. That's just going to happen. But at least the words on the pages and the way that I've written them are real. And that's a good thing. Um, I told a friend recently, I said, it's kind of like, it's kind of like I came to a point, if any, if you're still dating and you're not married, here's a common thing in dating. We try to be this, uh, I guess I could use the word deceptive version, uh, a deceptive version of ourselves because we want when we're going out with someone we want to look our very best and so we create this illusion or this facade we 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 try to to create the optimum experience for this other person and i think a lot of the times it just doesn't work out and the reason why i believe I could be wrong, but I believe is that you're not being you. You, We spend so much time trying to be someone else to impress that person so they'll stick around. But here's the problem. They stick around and now you've got someone who doesn't really want to be with you. They want to be with who you told them you were and it was a lie. And you end up getting someone that you don't want in the long run because... They're attracted to something that doesn't exist. So why don't we spend more time being who we actually are and going through these people fast? Just burn through them till you find someone that says, oh man, I like you. That, you know, this is great. This is sexy. This is whatever. But they're drawn to you because, I mean, don't you have people of the opposite sex that are are drawn to you that you have a good relationship with and if you do chances are great it's because you are your true self with them and being your true self that is an attractive thing that's a good thing so i'm looking at this from the standpoint of writing and drawing i've been for far too long trying to create what I think you want to hear rather than just giving you my all, my my messy, imperfect all. But I'm not a bad storyteller. I don't suck. I'm just going to keep that, that one benchmark there. I know I don't suck, and so I can get better from there. So I pulled out my journal, I think it was like the 12th of June of this year, and I said, I am ready to start writing again. 
And it was a new journal, and I looked the page before it, which I knew was the last day. Um, it was the day that I started pulling things down, all my publications, off the internet. And it said June 1st, 2022. A whole year and 11 days. That's how long it's... I've never, ever any aspect of my life I've never been hit so hard and knocked down and not been able to get up and function like this and I'm grateful if for whatever strange bizarre miracle or whatever you want to call it that that one individual and you know who you are hears this I want to tell you that I am grateful for you. I am to the to the soles of my feet. I am so grateful that you came into my life because I know you were meant to break me, to shatter me, because I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to the universe. I wasn't listening to that voice inside me saying, you need to be honest and you need to be telling these stories. I wasn't. I was following my own path and doing my own thing for my own selfish reasons and I'm not in that place anymore because I had to look at myself in the mirror. I had to look at all these things. They're not bad things that I made, but they weren't the right ones. The story of Wendell had way too many gaps. I included characters and invented people that never belonged in the story. And I want to redo it. And I want to I want it to be as real and raw and do the very best that I possibly can for my readers, for whoever decides to read it. And I'm going to release this story on a weekly basis on lifeoffiction.com. That's my intent. And I am I'm still struggling. Every week I, I'm writing and, and we're already releasing chapters each week. But I'm still struggling because these old habits that I've ingrained in myself and I have survived financially for decades doing this. It's not, boy, that's an aggressive fly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I have to fight these ingrained habits and form new ones and that is what I am doing boy that's a long that's a long who am I uh sorry about that I think no I think I should have said that anyway so there there's me there there's Jamie Buckley um so the key takeaway with that is I am a normal everyday guy with 13 kids in a session for fiction. See, just like everybody else. Okay, on to about life of fiction. So what is this podcast going to be about? Um, I actually don't know. I'm just going to be honest up front. I don't know. I do know that I want it to be everything about fiction. But fiction is a, that's a bugger of a big topic. Um, I can tell you the intent behind it, though, 
is I want this to be a way to connect with readers. I want to connect with you. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here and thinking about it. I think it's, I needed a conversation starter. Maybe that's the best way to put it. This podcast is a conversation starter. And so I want you to come to lifeoffiction.com and join the discussions. Come and sign up for the weekly newsletter and lurk about. Watch what I'm doing and participate. Give us some feedback. Um, get to know me. Ask me questions. Or not. Uh, I, think, I think most people are going to be chicken. I really do. Because you see that on blogs and things, most people don't make comments. They just lurk. And that's okay. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm hoping to have conversations with a lot of people. Because I like talking with people. People are important to me. Um, so this Life of Fiction, this podcast, is a conversation starter. I like that. We're going to mark that down. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to put that in print. This is a conversation starter. Okay, now let's move on to the next one, nice and quick. Um, I want to tell you about a platform that I use, and this is the other point of this um, this uh, podcast episode number zero. Um, oh, let's see, after about 15 years of making websites, um, one of the challenges that I had, and it was so frustrating, is I would make wantedhero.com um, and it would get hacked. It always got hacked. The, I don't think that I had more than a week or two before I had to deal with more um, hackers going through and linking, switching the links on my website. Um, these pieces of garbage would link artwork, things, some of my best work, they would link it like porn sites. And so I, 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 and there's no warning on things like this, but I get like an email or something, or I go to check something and I click on it and all of a sudden I go to some dirty, filthy website and I'm like, ah, and it took me a while to figure out how to learn how to, um, you know, to fix those links but the 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 hackers are always ahead of me and they always found new ways to do it and so at us at at a certain point i had to make a decision either try to learn catch up and learn how to fix the code on my own sites which i'm not a tech guy i write stories and i draw pictures for crying out loud that's what i do i'm not a, i use technology but I'm not a tech guy. I don't know how to fix it. or So either do that or take down the website. And there's no way in hell that I'm going to be sending youth, anybody, but especially youth, to pornography sites. So I would destroy my own website. And I've done that dozens of times. Anyway, I was tired of that, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to give up. And I was actually on Twitch, uh, experiencing Twitch for the first time. And um, I found a naked fat man 
making fantasy maps. Nope, I'm not going to go into that story maybe another time because it's kind of funny. Um, but here's this naked fat guy on Twitch making fantasy maps. And I was so impressed because I was looking for art um, art streams. And um, I got in there and I typed in the comments and asked questions about that. And he said that he was using a platform called World Anvil. Now, if you're creative, meaning you're a writer, um, you're an artist, uh, especially if you're a gamer, if you do tabletop RPGs, you've probably heard of World Anvil. It's being promoted by a lot of folks in a lot of creative communities. Um, I had never heard of it. I believe this was in 2019. I don't think I joined in 2018, and they they only started in 2017, I believe. Um, but I looked them up, and I went over to World Anvil, um, and I instantly fell in love with this platform. Um, it's just beautiful. And I realized, oh my goodness, I'm going to be able to rebuild and create Wanted Hero. And I'm safe. I don't have to worry about hackers. I don't have to worry. And I haven't ever since I've been there. Um, I want to... I'm going to suggest, instead of me going through a lot of World Anvil, at the very minimum, I could say it's it's... It just started starts to scratch the surface of their abilities. Imagine Wikipedia on cocaine. <laughs> um, it has so many interact. That's where it begins. It's not like Wikipedia. It's infinitely better. But it's just something that you might be able to relate to. Go over to, to worldanvil.com and check that out. Um you won't regret it. It's amazing. So that is a segue into the event that I love because it has to do with World Anvil. And it is an event that is starts every year on July 1st. It is called Summer Camp. And I love this event. I'm obsessed with this event. There's Summer Camp and there's World Ember, which is in... Um, December, which they both have their their draw um, on my creative mind, but summer camp is so it's blissful, and I'm gonna leave my uh, my pledge page. I'll link to that in this episode in the episode notes. But I wanted to read a little bit of what this event is. Imagine the potential of at least a million fictional worlds. Um, all participating in a creative writing and drawing event. Okay, so I'm going to read. This is from World Building Summer Camp 2023. This is on World Anvil, and, and it's public. You can go and you can read this as well. I'm actually going to. Um, no, actually, I'm going to link to my article um, over on Life of Fiction that'll give you a really good background and the links um and the article it's called where gods demons and a janitor named bob compete <laughs> and i talk about summer camp 
um, that is going to be my focus on the podcast and also in articles on life of fiction this month in July um, while I participate in this event. But I'm also going to point out spotlights um, on other writers, other creatives, because this this event is freaking amazing. All right, so during World Building Summer Camp, we challenge you with four waves of world building prompts to get you motivated, inspired, and ready to world build. Take part, grow your world, and win prizes. That's one of the best things about this is you're not competing against anyone else. You are only competing against yourself. So this is kind of like a, a collaborative game. You know, one of those really neat new collaborative board games where all the players work together. Well, we are all working together as this gigantic community. Um, I mean, we have enough users over a million users. Um, I think it's a million and a half, almost two million now, if I'm right. Anyway, last last time I heard it was uh, a million and a half users, and they've only been around since 2017. That's that's pretty awesome. And these are all creative individuals. It says make sure that you read the rules carefully so you know how everything works. To get the prompts before anyone else, get inspired and win goodies in the raffles. Tune into our live streams on Twitch every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. UK time. Um, and the page that I will link to has the prompts. And there will be two, two buttons. One, a green button that says write prompt. And you can't unless you are a member of World Anvil, which, by the way, they have their entry level is absolutely free. So if you just want to dabble with this, I highly, highly suggest uh, my brain is going to the summer camp. I can't even think of the words. I would highly encourage you to sign up for a free account on World Anvil. It's just, it's fun. It really, it's so enjoyable. Um, oh my gosh, I just noticed on the prompts, it says who they're sponsored by. And there's mine. I'm spy, uh, I am sponsoring one of these first prompts, the species. Anyway, there's a green button. I know, squirrel. There's a green button that says write prompt. There's a second button that says list all entries. And this is the cool thing for you if you're not interested in participating, but you want to see what people create. This is public. You can actually go in as a reader and you can find some of the coolest freaking material. Just brilliant artwork and stories and short stories. And you'll discover these amazing fictional worlds. And there's so many genres. I think there's like 57 main categories and so many subcategories. But I mean, World Anvil really is like the hub of creativity on planet Earth. I know I'm probably... Anyway, I'm a fanboy of World Anvil. Let's, let's just put it that way, okay? But you can come here and you can click on find these 
these prompts I give you an example um, one of them is a powerful organization in your world or a seat of power of any kind how about a resource that provides fuel or power the first week by the way the copper is um, the theme is power um, an animal associated with or symbolizing power I immediately think of a bear or a lion or a dragon. A culture that has suffered under the rule of a stronger nation. Isn't that amazing? So you can come here and you can click on that and it will give you a list of all the entries that are available. I'm clicking on the one that I'm sponsoring right now. And it says somewhere in your setting describe an animal associated with or symbolizing power and already this is just this week so this is Wednesday right now it's the 5th and it started on Saturday and there's already 120 entries now you are not required to complete all these within a week you still have the 30 days to do all of them so there will be hundreds and hundreds of entries here um, that you'll be able to pick from and just enjoy I, I like going through and um, finding a title that it, that just grabs my attention. And then I just go read and enjoy. And you think YouTube will take you down a rabbit hole. Yeah, just spend some time on World Anvil checking out people's worlds and you'll be flabber, flabbergasted. So let me go back and read the rules. How it works. Okay, this is Summer Camp on World Anvil. They release four waves of prompts every Saturday in July at 10 a.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. UK. New prompts are revealed first on stream, then here on the challenge page. So that top part that I told you that has those prompts with those two buttons, that list will get bigger and bigger as the month goes through, okay? Each prompt wave has eight themed prompts and two wild card prompts. Prompts are sponsored and judged by community members. Like I said, I'm doing one myself. Click the buttons under the prompts to create the articles that have to be a minimum of 300 words to be able to submit them. Then you can submit the prompts in any order from the article editing interface. So at this particular point, you can um, you can win the copper. Any These are badges, by the way, that go on your world. Beautiful badges. I am addicted to the badges. Um, when a copper, any eight prompts, silver is any 16 prompts, gold, any 24 prompts, or diamond, any 32 prompts. You get a badge at the end of summer camp, plus prizes too. So far, every summer camp that I have participated in, I have earned a diamond badge. I write everything. And I'm excited. So, then there they list the rules there. Um, you got the time scale. It begins July 1st. It ends August 1st. Um, the basic rules are you can complete the prompts in any order that you like, but the challenge deadline is final. You must use the indicated world building template for each prompt. They let you know next to the prompt what template you have to use. And each article must be new created during July 2023 and created using your own original content. 
That's what makes this so fun, is seeing the brilliant creativity of people from all over the world. Oh, by the way, I want to make sure that I promote and tell you that um, World Anvil is by far the most supportive, wonderful online community I have ever experienced. Um, yeah, these guys are absolutely fantastic. So that's, that's what I'm doing this month. That's what I'm excited about. Um, so now you know that I'm a loon who got his hands on recording equipment and a free platform to talk from. You know that I love fiction. You know that I use a platform called World Anvil and that I'm engaged in a contest right now with the brightest creative minds on the planet. That's a lot for a first introductory podcast. Thank you for listening to me, listening to this podcast. I do hope that you enjoyed yourself. You know, I I believe that everyone has a story to tell. And I think after a year-long struggle, I think I have found mine, truly found it. Maybe, just maybe, this relationship that we're starting here will help to bring out yours. And I'm, and maybe I'll just make a complete fool of myself. I don't know. But if you did enjoy this episode, I encourage you, please, you leave us a review, um, share this podcast, and subscribe to our ne- weekly bleh, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at lifeoffiction.com. And remember, you are more than you think you are. I'll see you next time.